Hello, hello. Do you know in the third verse of your Bible it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. From the first pages of our Bible, we know that words can be very, very powerful. You are listening in to conversations with leaders across City on a Hill, and they're sharing their wisdom for life. And as a church, we are in the book of Proverbs, which is guiding us to be knowing Jesus and making Jesus known uh, with the wisdom of God that he so generously gives. Uh, my name is Louis. I'm from City on Hill Surf Coast, and with me is the most wonderful, most excellent, most charismatic, full of spark and life, Emily Lancaster from City on Melbourne. Em, how you doing? Wow. Delighted after that intro. I want that every time I walk into a room. I thought I would just put some <laughs> words to the test. How are the words going, Em? Oh, they are, they are bringing life. Louis. Oh, that's good. They and and they're true. Life. They're all true. There's no, there's, because <laughs> they are definitely all true. Um, but Emma, it's not just you and me here in the it's Zoom today. No, we are joined uh, by Dom and Megan Macaluso, who are in both based in Geelong, uh, but Dom is on our movement team. Guys, welcome to the hey. podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, we are so glad to have you. Um, it is. Yeah, such a joy to have you guys join us on this as we were thinking through um, words that bring life and the wisdom behind words and intentionality. Uh, when me and Louie were chatting, I was like, I think we need Dom and Megan. I think we need them as the pair. Um, yeah. You're great individually, um, but as a duo, uh, you're both people who I think are very intentional with your words, mm. um, are very open with your words. Um, and who both seek to bring life to those around you through them um, and do that through ways that you know people and knowing them well um, or through loving them through teasing and loving them through understanding really who they are. Um, and so I was like, Louie, we've got to have them. So, guys, it's you. You're here. Um, thrilled to have you. Um, tell us, why do you think words matter? Like why is it important to you to have intentionality behind your speech? Love it. Dive in here. Yeah. Let's go. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Right in, right in. Hey, you know yeah. what? I, I'd be remiss to say this, but um, I think for Megan and I, as we came to this topic, we uh, chatted amongst each other and we're like, really? Us? Out of the whole movement? You know? Um, and so I think it's very easy for us and and all of us as Christians to see uh, the temptations of the enemy and to see how we feel incapable uh, mm -hmm. of, of doing something good for the kingdom or we see all the works and all the you know, imperfections of our words. And so we really look at that, um, yeah. but appreciate the ability to speak on wisdom uh, of words. I think for both of us, it, you know, it feels lofty and ambitious, but um, yeah, it's a testament to, I guess, the Spirit's work uh, in and through us that you guys have been blessed by that. So we're thankful uh, for mm -hmm. that opportunity. Yeah, I think for someone who I would say my love language is words of sap. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, to realize that um, words do have a great range of how they connect you or disconnect you with people. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, that needing of wisdom to know what are the words that would or shouldn't be used in this situation that, you know, depending on them, I think um, really that like knowing your audience, knowing who mm -hmm. you're speaking to um, and how your words 
could impact them, might impact them, and how your desire behind them um, is important as well. Yeah. Yeah, Dom and Deacon. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> this is great. Look, conversational vibes. It's this awesome. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, M. Um, yeah, she's she was so quick onto it. You know, uh, you, your both of your ability to be able to be thoughtful with your words. Um, I guess I've got a sort of a, a two part question. In just thinking through that, um, what is it that you see like in the world and the way the world uses its words? And then, like, how do you sort of uh, see uh, uh, what's what? What are the thoughts that go through your mind when you look at the world and then you think about the way that you want to be speaking? Um, is it a I'm 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 actively applying a countercultural uh, lens to the way I speak? Is it are you are you speaking um, something new into something? Are you what's what's the What's the processing and the filter like in your intentionality in your speech? And I guess what are you reacting against? I think that'd be. I'd love to hear your insights there. Hmm. Sure. I think um, as I was thinking about this, and look, I'm in the communications department, right? So I have the ability to chop and change words all the time, and the hmm. intricacies of what one word here means. And I look at billboards all the time, and I'm, I'm um, uh, dissecting them. You know, wow. how are they? Effective, are they not effective? Why and why not? And I think what's really interesting, um, a friend of mine in an ad agency just did a campaign and the campaign was like everyone is an influencer. And we live in a time and a mode and an environment where it's like we all have been formed and fashioned to think that we have something special and unique to say. And I'm not saying we don't. I'm saying that I, I do believe that God's placed a lot of beautiful things. But I think that that has really been accelerated and heightened in our kind of mm. cultural context uh, to think that we um, uh, have the answer to most everything, you know. And so a lot of times I think wisdom comes in our words or doesn't come in our words, not so much with the what of what we're saying. Like I was thinking about this. A lot of times we are we're really fixated on what we want to say. You know, you're fashioning a preach, you're developing a mm. script, you're doing all these things. And it's like, what do I want to say? What do I want to say? And Rather than the what, I've found so much kingdom goodness in both the when and the why of my words. Mm -hmm. um, so when I think about that, like if Megan and I are in an argument, the when of my words are really important or the when not of my words are really important. And mm -hmm. beyond the when is the why. Like, why am I saying something? Why am I not saying something? And I think that taps into what Megan was saying earlier, just on the impact. And, you know, as we see in James, can build up or tear down. Mm. what's the heart motive behind the why uh, yeah. rather than fixating so much on the what really consider what the heart posture is of the when and the why mm. yeah we'll keep we'll keep with the w's so that <laughs> the weight of words um i did yeah. is something mm. that's somewhat lost in this culture uh especially with keyboard warrior warriors who will just throw out you know a lot of hurt and a lot of hate and a lot of like really negative things without realizing what that kind of weighs on the person or people who receives that. It's like, this mm. is how I feel. That's it. It's not a, this is how I feel. I wonder how that's going to make you feel. It's like, I don't want to feel this. Here, you hold it. Um, yeah, well. That's just, there's a lack of respect for the person on the other side of our words often. Mm. Um, and so that weightiness of it, even as we've done, um, 
counseling and our marriage and things, you know, there is that ability to say, you know, 10 really lovely things and one really hurtful thing. And that hurtful thing weighs often so much more. Mm. Um, And so there is that weight as well as the who, like, am I just putting it out there for anyone to hear? And that's different when I speak to children, you know, there's a different way in which I, I use my words. Um, with friends, I'm probably a bit more less controlled with my words, which is um, I process through my words. So there's a lot of times where I have to go back and be like, oh, I'm really sorry I said that. I shouldn't have said that about this person or about this thing. Um, because that is part of kind of how I process and how I bubble through my emotions and whatnot. Um, and so that importance to kind of reflect on our words and think, mm-hmm. you know, well, that happened or whatever. I didn't mean it. Or, you know, that like, <laughs> what's, what's the one that is always like, uh, no offense, but, and you're like, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we use that, don't we? It's just yeah, like, yeah. A, a path, like a free path. Um, and thinking that's just really um, more focused on myself and what I want to say than the mm. person mm. and what they need to hear. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, just thinking through that as not so egocentric as in what I want to get out mm. there, um, but how do I actually want it to be processed? Um, because you can say the same thing in two totally different tones, two totally different times, mm. and they're going to impact a person in different ways. And well, so, yeah. you know, you really do have to think through you have something to communicate how to do that and what um and for the other person's benefit not just your own this is beautiful wisdom already Mm. um like i want to say thank you so much for just these wonderful insights um i'm i'm uh i guess i'm really mindful that I mean, we're we're part of a church family. Uh, these insights, um, some of there is uh, some overlap in our society that it could come from any sort of marriage counselor, no matter who they are. Like when you guys think about your words, what difference does the person and work of Jesus make in terms of that why and that when, you know, and that what? Like, how has your um, trust in Him um, really mm. uh, been the foundation of your words, as opposed to? What might just be, you know, the, the the secular podcast that we can listen to that gives us a couple of um, hot tips? Yeah, um, here we go. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I'll take uh, this minute to process. Yeah, great. <laughs> we're, we're usually, yeah, that's that's like us too. Like, I'll jump in and show it. <laughs> great. For those of you that can't see the visual medium of this podcast, Dom and Megan are just so cute right now sitting next to each other. <laughs> Looking into each other, smiling, saying, do you want to go? No, you go. No, I love you. No, you're adorable. Stop it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Down the nose. Thank you, Megan. Um, yeah. You know, Louie, I think um, it's really cool. Yesterday, uh, Dave and I were doing, um, Dave May and I were doing um, some gearing up and brainstorming for the next series that we're going into, which is the seven signs of Jesus, spoiler alert. Mm. Um, but we're reading through all those seven signs. And um, it, what's really cool is you get a real um, picture and idea that Jesus is so about his who. Like we go through the different mm. context where in these seven signs, 
at one point in time, he's with one individual, and then he's with the 12, the apostles, and then he's with thousands. And it's like, he's always catering his words and tailoring them so perfectly and so beautifully to get to the heart of what's most beneficial in that moment. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I just, it's remarkable. But I, And I was looking at Jesus too, um, in his words specifically yesterday as I was reading and it's so much, his his approach is so beautiful and it's so unique, right? Like mm. he's the creator of the world. He is the one that spoke creation into existence. He is the author of wisdom and perfection mm. and everything. And oftentimes he's like a patient father with their kids. He's like, hey, what do you want me to do? Or he's like drawing out a response or he's like beckoning someone to uh, move or to act or to do or to speak. And it's like, he knows the answer. He's God, <laughs> you know, but he, he like invites us into a conversation and he invites us into wisdom. Wow. So it's so profound, like his approach. And I just wonder, it gives me pause to think like, rather than kind of Movego saying the egocentric thing of, I want to broadcast this message or I want to say this thing. Like, what does it look like to embody Jesus, to draw that out of someone or to get them to think about something or mm. to get them to, you know, see a pattern of sin or whatever it is God's doing in that moment. Um, yeah, what a beautiful execution and mode of communication. Wow, it's great. Mm-hmm. Megan, something that um, you mentioned, and maybe this is part, I, like, I feel like it goes in hand with what, what, what Don was saying, um, is there's something quite different about the posture of someone He's trying to deeply follow Jesus in the follow-up. Um, like he kind of mentioned, like you can kind of you can verbally process and then you're like, oh, I need to like kind of, I can't take him back, but I want to like, I want to be thoughtful in the fact that I follow this up with someone. Mm. Um, and I think you t- I think you mentioned that. I didn't want it to run away um, because I think that's the other part of wisdom. It's, it's mm. in what we say, but it's also in the follow-up in what we say. And I think there is something beautifully unique within the Christian community because we do look to Jesus, right? We do look to him and that is who we want to be following. Um, Has that been for you part of your processing of that follow-up? Like is is that what's at the forefront or the like, is it the nudge of the spirit? Is it the recognition of who Jesus is that helps you do that? Because it, it also takes kind of a bit of humility to just go up to someone and be like, hey, like, that really sucked. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I should not have gone down that road as, as someone who has had to do that myself or, like, kind of follow up and clean up a little bit. Um, is that part of the motivation? Like, I kind of want to understand that a little bit more. Great question. Yeah. Um, mm. I think not only has there been a good example set for me, from people and um, a really great biblical one. The thing is, like, when you look at Jesus, he's never going to end up, he's never said the wrong thing. And yeah. so what model do you have? Um, but you still have Jesus in that he provides that space for forgiveness, for reconciliation. Mm. And so um, we know that our words can hurt. You know, we're, we're not going to be perfect in our speech. Um, but that doesn't mean we continue to just kind of go on or brush over it. Um, but the importance of modeling, uh, modeling that, um, like asking someone for forgiveness allows them to do that as well, to kind of hold them mm. 
accountable to their work too. Not only is it important for me when I, you know, vertically say, oh God, I'm so sorry I said that to the person, you know, about this person or whatnot. Like that's important to ask for forgiveness from my father, but the same goes for going and asking for forgiveness from the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and with James's example, we can give forgiveness to one another for each other's words. And um, I know that's something that's always really special that happens in our marriage. Like sometimes it's even something I've brushed over. I mean, like, you know, maybe in a bad mood or something was happening, but he'll come back, you know, like hours later and be like, look, I'm really sorry that this happened or this was said. And you know, you matter. Like, I know I matter to Dom. Thinking about that, like, you know, beforehand in that moment, he didn't necessarily, not the any of us can do that perfectly, take that time to think, oh, why or how or what's the weight? But to go back later and go, I care about this person, this might have had a negative impact on them. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to be loving like Christ, kind like Christ, you know, healing like Christ. And I think asking for forgiveness is a way that our words can heal uh, one mm-hmm. another and saying, you know, to someone else that they're forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say that without actually doing it. I think that's one of those Mm. things that, like, you could be like, "Yeah, that's cool," but if someone says, "You know, do you forgive me?" Um, Mm. You have to sit and weigh that for a minute to be able to say, "Yeah, I forgive you," um, as opposed to, "Hey, I'm sorry." Yeah, that's okay. Um, And so, I think it's been really special to my faith i guess or to my mm. um, spiritual well-being when people do that um it is. as well as my ability even to just be like god i don't know how to forgive this person but i can see that jesus clearly did it for me and i can rest in his forgiveness of others and move into that reconciliation um yeah. thanks but that's helpful insight because i yeah, just as we were po- turning, I was just pondering that of like, oh, no, there's actually different directions uh, of the wisdom of words. Um, mm-hmm. And so keen to make sure that we, yeah, we, we cover like all angles, <laughs> all, yeah. all angles that our, our words interact with one another. Um, it was helpful to hear from you, Dom, like thinking from like a communications perspective, like that is um, such a huge part of, not just your your role at Sydney Hill, but just your life, like like just the way that comes enters into the world, um, and it kind of got me thinking. With the flip of that, um, is you know we have communications where we're trying to get messages out to adults, and we're trying to be really clear in in how we're doing things, and you know how do we make the gospel known really clearly? But how do we be really creative in this? Um, the other end of that spectrum is like helping our kids use their words well um because you see kids like they're like they're actually learning how to speak not just Mm. being wise with it but they're just like i have never heard this word before like i don't have that experience very much anymore um a little bit more now that i'm back at college like there's words i'm like huh um (laughs) but megan like your whole part of your job is helping kids understand who jesus is And, like, you can't just throw sanctification out to a bunch of six-year-olds and then be like, yeah, sick. Um, 
How how has that changed the way that you look at speaking? Like you have Luca, who's like, I don't know, twenty by now. I don't know. <laughs> he's growing up so he's growing up so quick. I can't I can't keep I can't keep track. Um but yeah, like how do how do you go about that? How do you go about like intentionally teaching these kids like the importance of their words to one another, but also like they're holding their Bibles and learning how to read the Word of God, mm-hmm. and like, man, what a privilege that it is that you that you get to do that. But like, how do you how do you help make Jesus known to the little ones? <laughs> yeah, I think um, <laughs> I have a bit of a. Uh, I guess a visual I use for the kids and also I think it's helpful for adults but like when you're a baby you get those like huge Duplo Legos and you know like they're big and clunky and then you move on to like kind of the juniors Duplo set and then like the little Lego sets and then you can get into really complex Legos and it's just letting the kids know that you won't understand all of this now. I still don't understand everything there is mm. to and create with Lego. Um, and I still don't understand everything there is to know about the Bible. Um, but there are words, there are stories, there are people um, that you can know now, uh, that you can understand now, and that mm. will grow. And so there's hopefully not that big disconnect where all of a sudden you're like, okay, let's top this, but now I understand it this way. It's like, well, you're mm-hmm. going to always grow in your understanding, um, which is really, I think, important for them to know early on. So it's not like a shock, like when all of a sudden you go from one story Bible to the next Bible and you're like, whoa, there are a lot of stories in here that weren't <laughs> there before. What, you know, why? Mm-hmm. Um which good, but I also think one of the big things about um, our words is just checking back in on the understanding. Um, so I rem- remember a, a pastor's kid telling me, like, nobody will know whether they're saved and telling the whole group. Like, my dad said, you know, you'll show up in heaven, you know, read the verse, you show up in heaven, and God's like, I never knew you. So you'll never know. And we're like, Actually, how that's interpreted correctly, but in his brain, that was what it was. And so you really do have to check back in on the words that you were said because you don't have con- total control over how they're interpreted. And so it's mm. consistency with checking in, with sharing, and with kind of like you feel like you've told the story of Jesus a million times or the story of this a million times. But mm. each time it grows for us and each time it grows for them. Um, and so, you know, I even think it's fine to use those really big words uh, with kids. Colin mm. Buchanan has done a great uh, big word mm-hmm. in Shun um, because there is that um, giving that picture of there's a lot out there to know. Uh, but I think we often forget that kids are exposed to really big language and mm. And so meeting them both ways. But on the making Jesus known uh, is a big one because I think the complexity for a kid to go, like we say it every Sunday, you know, our desire is to know Jesus, make Jesus known. The kid's like, well, I can't explain everything from the Bible to someone else. And it's like, well, actually, you know, are you using kind words? Are you using loving Mm. words? Are you, you know, are you asking for forgiveness? Are you thinking about your words? That's how, that's the way that we make Jesus known is through our action, all of our action. 
but certainly our words. So it's not necessarily a cognitive explanation of Jesus, right? Uh, if you can do that, but our words also um, show Jesus in every way, depending on how we use them for good or for harm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think as I was thinking about what you're saying, Megan, it all kind of ties together, but it's like, we know that faith without actions is dead. And I think words without actions is dead as well. Like there's words aren't just in a vacuum, right? Like they are relational mm. and our understanding of, you know, the, 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 the way in which I want to communicate something might not be the way in which I interpret it. So, and that question you asked Megan um, a little while ago about like going back on a conversation, like there is our gospel opportunity, you know, because, mm. you know, and you made the silly analogy of like a, a kid saying something stupid. Well, like, I'm 44 and I still say a lot of stupid <laughs> things, right? But um, but the reconciling act of going back and being like, hey, wow, I stepped on myself here. Like, and this literally happened with you and I on social media. You know, I've, I've put something out into the world and it I thought I was being American and being funny and cute and whatever. And it ended up hurting you in a personal way. Mm-hmm. And then I had the opportunity then to um to die to myself, like to be an actual Christian and say, like, although I feel justified in the what I've done, dying to myself in that moment means saying, I'm sorry, uh, mm. and, like seeking rest- restoration and reconciliation with that person on the other end of your words. And I mm. think those are the kingdom opportunities, you know, like, okay, we've sent something, we've stuffed up, and now we get to go back and be um, image bearers and, and kingdom people by um, professing that, you know, um, mistake or, or whatever it is or the way in which that was interpreted, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that transcends the generations as well. We're often very quick to be like, you need to go say sorry for what you did um, to kids or like, you know, have gotten a few um, written letters <laughs> when kids have come back to City Kids. I'm sorry for how he behaved at City Kids last Sunday. Um, <laughs> and you know, that was a process, but are we modeling that to yeah. when we do the wrong thing? I know that was something that, um, again, I've seen Dom do to Luca and just be like, you know, I'm really sorry I said this. I mean, it doesn't even have to be words, but words too. Like, I'm sorry mm-hmm. I said this or said it in this tone. Do you forgive me? And um, taking that time to model it as opposed to just requiring um, is, a better, mm-hmm. is a better example of Christ-likeness. Um, because I think then they also get that ability to feel like, oh, wow, that 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 was important to me um for someone to ask to say sorry or ask for forgiveness and so when they go to do the same hopefully they realize that it, it's important for the other person as well not just their own um you know rightness with god or doing the right thing or being polite um but that there's a deeper meaning behind it yeah, it takes so much courage too, right? Like it's that moment of recognition where I stuffed up just like a little kid that stole some cookies or whatever, right? You know, but it's like, man, like that, it's painful and it's, but how beautiful and how redemptive it is to get on the other end. Like, you know, I've I've gotten two responses in the past when I've gone back on things. One is uh, on the far extreme, like, um, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. Like nothing you said was hurtful or awkward or weird. And that's like, that's cool. And then the other side is like, yeah, wow, that was really awkward that you said that. And, um, but thank you for the apology. And it's even like, man, like that's hard to stomach, but how thankful I am 
rather than that continuing to fester and go on and, you know, potentially uh, stir a cord of bitterness or root of bitterness, like hopefully that's been like cut off at the root at that point, you know? Um, and even though it's hard to hear, like praise God for that moment, um, you know, of humility in that. Mm. Mm. Um, I, um, I came to keep running along this thread of, um, making Jesus known in our words, uh, so wonderful uh words that lead to action um mm. i'm i have a question that i think can be worked out in two ways one one way of it, it'll be the same answer but for perhaps two different audiences i mean partly mm. it, this this could be useful for people that are seeking to personally make jesus known themselves um and what they could be saying and i guess the other recipient is the person listening even to this podcast right now thinking, I have no idea what the words would be that God might say to me. Um, you know, just, just thinking about before, like I felt like we, we would, we were, I felt like we were moving, like there was a, there was a gospel, a gospel light that was just coming into our conversation before of the, the words that um, God would have for us is what I was thinking. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, like Dom and Megan, would would it be possible for you to sh- sort of share, like, um, from what you know about, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, what are the words or the the ways that He would speak to you or speak to the person listening when there are feelings of fear or guilt or like I'm not enough or I could never, mm. you know, what are those words that, you know, that, that those I guess Holy Spirit nudges or those. Um, you know, the, the, the things that come into, you know, the, the quiet place of your heart that you can hear him say that I think we also can be um, ambassadors for, we can be mouthpieces to those around us. Um, can you speak to the person that's listening in that may has, may, maybe has never heard those words? And for those of us those, those listening, can you give us a language to even share with those around us to help them hear Jesus? Big Louie, one more Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great, man, that's a big and a great question, Louis. Like, when do you discern and when do you decipher what is going to be helpful and relevant and why and all that? It's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what this reminded me of, Louis, and, and I'll try to kind of in a roundabout way get to your question. But a couple of years ago, I thought the primary aim was to gain insight and wisdom. You know, like Proverbs 8, like, if I can go a whole lifetime and I can be a truly wise man, like that old guy that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looks like a turtle and sitting in the corner and you just go to him for you know counsel. Um, that would be, that would be it. Like that'd be the best thing in life that I could do right for the kingdom. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but I think part of that was laced with a desire to gain knowledge, not necessarily wisdom. And I mm. think, um, uh, there's been so many moments like, right, like where, um, I chose apologetics or I chose, um, really lofty, lofty, big theological concepts. And they're beautiful, right? Like this is Megan's talking about the really intricate Lego set, not the Duplo set, you know, where it's really um, remarkably deep and philosophically beautiful. And, and there's a lot of depth to it, right? But um, I think in so doing, um, there's the ability to want to not speak the truth in love, but just speak the truth. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, like you could be in a conversation with someone who is in the Duplo category or the really complex Legos, 
and your desire to puff up knowledge or to just, um, you know, utilize that like really richly deep grounded wisdom in ways that's just knowledge giving as opposed mm. to like life giving and love giving um, is a real temptation of my heart. Right. And that mm. overlap is really delicate because God's truth is like an ocean. It's beautiful and transcendent and it just goes forever. But that context really matters. And so I guess getting back to your question, Louis, what do we say and when do we say it, or, you know, and, and to the viewer or to the person listening and trying to discern, I think, uh, is it Cheryl Crow? I don't know. Only kindness matters. In the end, only kindness matters, you know, whenever that like cheesy 90s song is. But really, like, choose kindness in, in your um, objective in that moment, because it's like, that is the bit that's going to be so transcendent. And mm-hmm. it's not a lack of truth, but it's like an enveloping and a packaging of God's truth that if your aim is kindness, whether that's in a work scenario, uh, where there's a bitter coworker, whether it's with a, a partner or a spouse that just doesn't, you know, feel amicable in this season, whether it's with your kids, I think if you choose kindness as a as an objective with your words, mm-hmm. um, man, you can only bring life. You know, like, how do you choose kindness and mm. um, a- and really stuff it up? You know, because if your heart posture is is choosing that, because I would say love, but love is a really flexible term and it means so many different things, so many different people. But as, mm. if your desire is kindness, um, I, I think you can really move forward in your discernment process as you're thinking about what words you want to say and not say. Mm. Yeah, and in that kindness, working towards that um we have something very um beautiful in what we know about ourselves and what we know about ourselves in relationship with god and so if you're having a conversation with someone um reminding them how do we put them kind of into the story of the bible like god created you um god pursued you god sent his son for you that wasn't you know not an everyone or for me or this is how it but um you are known and you are loved Mm. um to remind them and you you can't you probably can but um say that in like a hurtful or without kindness but knowing like actually like you have great value because you are created by god you are known by god you are loved by god and then if we follow jesus's examples in what he said to people um there were definitely times where he was harsh and hard um but those were to the unrepentant unmoving people but those who came with this empty sorrow or need or hurt or disability, or whatever it was, there was always kindness given. There was always words of healing. There were words of release. Um, There were words of um, forgiveness. And so um, I think using those words in those times of um, when someone's really wrestling with, what does this mean for me, a sinner, to move towards those words of healing, like Jesus loves you, Jesus forgives you. Jesus can heal that. Jesus can, um, you know, restore you to a father, restore you in relationship. Um, 
as opposed to the other side of like, you need to repent, you are awful, you are thinner, you are, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's different ways that people go about pushing that. um, And I think a gospel message in either way. um, But I think a receptive, when you think about the person on the other side, um, how are they going to receive that as someone who was created by God, loved by God. Um, I know a lot of, I read through some of the Proverbs with um, words the other day and um, and justice and things. It was often like being kind to those who are, um, you know, don't use your words poorly against, the, you know, meanly against the poor and those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. those poor in spirit being kind and loving mm. and still gospel-centered words. Um, but not the harsh, you know, you're a Pharisee who, you know, uh, why? there's so many hard yeah. take from Jesus and give to the wrong person. Yeah. Uh, there's still Jesus's words, but that was not how he intended them either. You know, the audience who Jesus was speaking to. Um, and so, and he was never going to get it wrong. We probably will. So again, there's, let's choose the kind words and, the caring mm. words, the ones that connect instead of, you know, chalk mm. pull apart. I think I just, um, I, the reason why I didn't want to be like, you know, super granola and whatever about, you know, um, peace loving and whatever about my words. But I think I say that the kindness thing, because it's like so often, especially in our reform circles, like we can almost have a, um, a, like a form of like spiritual autism or something, you know, where it's like, we say something truthful, but it's actually like in a really awkward context or something like that. Right. And, and I think I'm trying to get to the heart of like, um, wrapping and enveloping a message, uh, with love and with kindness. And that's not void of truth because truth has to come, but you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the way in which we package that truth that I think really matters. Mm-hmm. And that's in your execution of, uh, what are my thoughts? What am I, what is my heart posture for this person? And I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that has to be enveloped in kindness. And I think there's um, something that you've that you, that you mentioned of just um, like that that speaking kindness to people. It's sorry, I shouldn't have started talking before I formed my question completely. Um, but just that thinking that through when it's around people that we know and that we love. Um, that can be really quite straightforward um, in the sense where it's like, well, I know you, I love you, and I can sense what you need to hear. Um, and God's really kind to give us friends like that and to, to give us people that have insight into our life like that. Um, but I think even with those people, there's a beautiful way to ask questions to be able to help be kind to that person's soul Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to be like, I know you because I love you and we're friends um, or because you're on one of my ministry teams or you're a volunteer that I work with um, and there's some blanket truths. Uh, But then there's also how do I speak uniquely to who, to what God's doing in this moment. Um, And Dom, we've we've been friends for a long time (laughs) and and something that uh, when you worked in Melbourne, we would kind of laugh about was you could always tell when someone had just had a coffee or a walk with Dom 
um, because they kind of came back that little bit like watchy and sniffly, but also like full. <laughs> I, like, I, I can't think of a better word than full. Um, and so we're like, oh, they've been dumbed. Um, and, and I think it's you have a unique ability to ask questions that can kind of cut through. Um, often I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, like I'm trying to think through this, but, and then you'll be like, yeah, but like, and and you, I think it's actually a God-given gift that you have to be able to kind of touch on that. What are some of those questions that you have found that help you love people well, um, recognizing that words can give life, the gospel is good news, um, but where I am or where Megan is or where Louis is on a particular day, there's a way that you can be quite intentional to get to the heart. Um, I think that's what it is. I think it's you have this ability to get to the heart. Um, and I know there are a lot of people who want to be able to do that, like they want to be people who are thoughtful. Um, and so thinking through that, who like what are some – what are some ways that you have seen God move in that, that you could help us be a people, be a church who want to help people in that way and come alongside one another? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think it's exactly what you and Louie are doing right now. You know, um, you guys are listening to Megan and, and my words, and then you're seeking to carry forward the conversation, right? Like so oftentimes we'll find ourselves in a setting across from someone at a cafe or whatever. And it's like a, um, it's like a tennis match, right? Like conversations are a tennis <laughs> match and, and someone serves a ball and then we hit it back. And oftentimes, like once someone serves a ball, we're already in our own heads about the idea of returning the ball. I know what I want to say. I know why I want to say it. I know what it is that I'm going to return this volley with, you know? Yeah. And it's like, sometimes I think in a conversation, there's, there's two modes, right? Like one is just catch the ball. Um, and what I mean by that is like rather than, mm. you know, in an argument, you could like slam a thing back and like, you know, that might be effective, but like, do you win anything, you know? Mm. And and I think in, in gospel conversations and in kingdom conversations and, and getting to the heart or whatever it is that you said, like listening for those emotive words, you know, like you said, oh, I'm kind of frustrated today or whatever it is. And it's, you know, it's counseling 101, but you just reflect back that thing, that emotion, like what is that emotion and and how do I reflect that back? So like, I'll just catch the ball. You said, um, I'm feeling frustrated or whatever it is. And I just say, okay, I've got the ball in my thing. Um, rather than me going on a diatribe about what frustration is or what I think it is or trying to relate to them or whatever, like, tell me what frustration means to you right now, you know, or an mm-hmm. angry day or I, I'm whatever today, like, listen for those kind of key emotive words and then give yourself space to not fill in the gaps of that conversation, right? Like mm-hmm. give yourself space to just hear and learn and hear what that person means. You know, when I said the word love is flexible, um, you could say you love me or whatever it is. And that could mean 1000 different things like we all know. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. like defining and dissecting to that person in this moment, what did they mean when they said love or frustration or whatever? Right. And, and so receive the ball and then, you know, try to keep try to keep the, the tennis match going but in a kind of a different way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like continuing a volley as opposed to yeah. trying to get the other person out. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's you right. Know, we want it to do Yeah. Or you don't want to be the one who... Yeah, um, wins a point. Or whatever it is, right? Yeah. What are you going on? 
I think um, probably doesn't fit as much into the words, but I know um, what is good about you in those is that, like, Don will give you all the time that you need. Like, he doesn't feel rushed or I'm always frantic. Like, I'm like, I don't think I talked to anyone today because I was just so busy. They were like, sorry, you looked busy. Um, <laughs> he gives off the vibe of looking busy. Um, and that turtle in the corner. And he doesn't, he'll get <laughs> that time. I'm sure he had something else on his plate, but, you know, at mm. the moment, but saw you in the corner doing something that was like, oh, are you okay? You want to go get a coffee? And so giving that space to know, like, I've got time to share my words. And, mm. um, you know, words are only one half. There's listening um, is yeah. the other part of words. And so taking that time to listen uh, to the words, valuing the words of another person. If we're saying we need to realize how important our words are, well, we should realize how important other people's words are. So like not, you know, like you were saying, trying to figure out your response when you're not actually listening, um, but giving that space to listen um, as well as that like longitude of friendship um you know like we're not just having this one conversation and then i won't see you for a few months it's like you know we can check in in a few days and see how that's going mm. um and so it's not just one it's a series of conversations of friendship that is built on kind of those times and words um but i think people are more receptive to opening up when they know when they feel like they're that to share and that you know mm. um, it's not necessarily giving them a like oh I'll take some time to talk to you it's like no I'll take some time to listen to you um, mm. and, and that allows other people to really share well and process well yeah and that's a gift of the spirit right like I appreciate you guys picking up and thinking I have this gift but like man, I, I recognize my own heart and I'm just like, I've blown it 1 million times over. But it's like that, you know, Jesus, when he talks about the Samaritan walking down the street, you know, do we have do we have space in our own hearts to sit and pause, like Megan was saying, you know, the, do we have the gift of presence in that moment to be present with that person and to sit and to love? You know, that's a that's a sacrificial act, right? To, to enter into that person's pain or to enter into that person's life. But that's what God calls us to, you know, that loving act, um, and that's hard to do. So I, I think, you know, with prayer and with exercise or practice, you know, maybe that comes easier over time. Yep. Well, Dom, Megan, M, uh, thank you so much for your words today. <laughs> um, thank you for uh, listening to our words. Let me <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps as we close our conversation on words, let us all hear these words. You are known and you are loved mm. and you have great value because you've been created by God and you are loved by God. And we can know these words because there was these words that come from Jesus to us who believe. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. And we can trust those words because Jesus spoke other words from the cross. It is finished. Yeah.
You've been listening to the Wisdom and Life podcast here with people from City on a Hill. Uh, perhaps today your next words can reflect a vision of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Chat soon. Bye. Yeah.